chapter number 31, what a joy it is to be here. Don't have the privilege of getting to preach with my little brother much. We used to preach together quite a bit. It's always good. And I always time him while he's preaching. And I'm proud of him tonight. He preached 32 minutes. 31? 31. <laughs> that one minute introduction, 32. Numbers chapter number 31. Thank you, Brother David. What a joy it is to be here. Let's stand in reverence to the reading of the word of the Lord. Numbers chapter number 31. That's in the Old Testament. Numbers chapter number 31. I'll be praying God to meet with you these days. God breathe on us. God knows we need a revival. Waiting an outpouring of the Holy Spirit of God in our churches. We need preachers to get filled with the Holy Ghost, preachers' wives, preachers' kids, deacons, Sunday school teachers, song leaders. Everybody that's a born-again believer ought to be filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And if you don't care enough about yourself to pray that God will fill you, would you take the time and pray God will fill me? I need God's touch. I need his anointing, and I need help from God. Did you hear about the lady, the two churches that decided they was going to come together? And they going to merge churches and they got together and they did like most churches do. They got to arguing over what they're going to name the church. One fellow said, well, let's name the church such and such city Christian church. Took the word Baptist all the way out of there. Such and such Christian church. One lady stood up and said, I'll have you know, I've been a Baptist for 40 years and I ain't about to be a Christian now. Amen. <laughs> Sounds about like most Baptists I know, amen. Numbers chapter number 31, the Bible said, verse one, and the Lord spake unto Moses saying, avenge the children of, the Midian, of Israel of the Midianites, afterward shalt thou be gathered unto thy people. And Moses spake unto the people, saying, Arm some of yourselves unto the war, and let them go against the Midianites, and avenge the Lord of Midian. Of every tribe a thousand throughout all the tribes of Israel shall you send to the war. So there were delivered out of the thousands of Israel a thousand of every tribe. Twelve thousand armed for war. Have you got that with me tonight? That God wants 12,000 men, a thousand out of every tribe to go to war. That's simple math. That's 12,000. Everybody understand that? Now watch verse six. And the Bible said, and Moses sent for them to the war, a thousand of every tribe, them and Phineas. The son of Eliezer, the priest, to the war with the holy instruments and the trumpets to blow in his hand. Father, help me help these people tonight. Thank you for the good preaching we've already heard, the good singing uh, from all the preacher's wives, uh, Pastor David's wife and the trio, or Rebecca and the boys. Thank you for the blessing. Lord, it is to be in church together with these precious people. Now, Father, I pray if one person would get the message tonight, I'll be content that you've done what you wanted to do, and I pray you bless us in Christ's name. Amen and amen. Thank you. you 
you can't be seated tonight. Now, we have got a thousand out of every tribe. Is that right? At verse number six, the Bible said, and Moses sent them to war, a thousand of every tribe and Phineas. He's already got 12,000 and then he adds Phineas. How many is that? Would you do the math with me? That's 12,001. And tonight for a little while, I'd like to preach on this subject. Are you the one? Brother, I tell you, God reached out and called on Phineas. Now you know there's two Phineases in the Bible. There's two Judases in the Bible. There's two Sauls in the Bible. You've got a good Phineas and a bad Phineas. Here we've got the good Phineas. That's got a testimony for the glory of God. Amen. Now here we uh, just a little context and introduction then I'll bring three simple points tonight. This is one of the last official acts of Moses before God is fixing to take him home. I mean he's just going to get 12,000. This is a drop in the bucket compared to the size of the nation of Israel. 12,000 when he got all these millions. Well if I'd have been calling the shots I'd have went bigger went home. Neighbor I'd have got 12 million of them and I'd have went over there and crushed that crowd in about 30 seconds. But the lesson God is trying to teach this younger generation. Hey, man, this crowd is having, I mean, they're almost to Canaan's land. They're almost to the River Jordan. And they've had to bear their parents. They've had to bear their grandparents. Some of this crowd don't even know what it was like to be in Egypt. They were born in the wilderness. They didn't know what it was like to have a taskmaster. They didn't know what it was like to be a slave. All they know is a mom and dad was a bunch of rebels and there's going to have to go to Canaan's land without their parents. God forbid if the day ever come, uh, Brother David, Brother Matthew, that our children have to go on to Canaan's land without us because we rebelled and we got sin in our lives. Oh, but when the smoke of the, of the wilderness experience finally cleared, you know what was standing there? It was a new, younger generation with the exception of Caleb, amen, and Joshua. And so here they are. But Moses has got one final thing that God wants done. He wants the Midianites to be avenged and see what happened oh Balaam boy I don't have time to preach on Balaam tonight but Balaam every time he tried to preach man God wouldn't let him say nothing bad amen Balaam got on his ass one day and he's trying to head out to curse the nation of Israel and Balaam's ass had more discernment than Balaam did now that's a mule and, a, and, a, and an animal for some of you that might think by using this Bible word is cussing but he's riding on his ass and she crushed his leg up against the wall and so Balaam gets up he tries to uh, uh, to curse the nation of Israel but God wouldn't let it happen I mean we got four of the greatest prophecies and I don't understand that how that every time brother David he opened up his mouth he reminds me of some of these liberal uh, Baptist preachers in our day uh, they'll give you something to shout about they'll give you something to worship about but neighbor when they get behind closed doors they'll do just like Balaam did and they'll teach you how to sin and they think you're going to get by with it but God has said hey we're going to pay that crowd back and just a life lesson that needs to be learned right here now when God changes the way I preach I shout 
When God changes the way I worship, I say praise the Lord. But when God changes the way I pray, neighbor, you better mark her down. God has done a deep work in my heart. I'd like to think that I'm settled on how God lets me pray. And I've recently started about some people, uh, praying about some people that's ticked me off. I'm talking about just grave. I'm talking about I want to get junkyard dog meat. Have you ever wanted to reach up and smack somebody in the face? How many of you ladies, you'd love to take a frying pan to your husband's head? Amen, while he's asleep so he can't fight back. Don't you look at me like that. You lying devil. You dog, you want to beat him every once in a while. And fellas, wouldn't you like to go get a hickory and take it to your wife every once in a while and put that little smart aleck woman in her place? Somebody say amen right there. You know I'm just kidding. Man, I've, hey, I got an amen off the back row. Man, I'm going to give you a love offering for that tonight. Thank God that some of you are getting woke up tonight. But the truth, I'll tell you what I've been praying. Amen to God. I'm getting ahead of myself, but I've been praying, Lord. If you said vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I will repay. You know what? I started praying over people that don't do me right anymore. I say, Lord, help me not to get bitter. Help me not to get upset. Lord, you said vengeance is mine. I will repay. Lord, I pray you'd pay that person back fourfold and let them know it when you do it. Lord, just like I pray the blessings of God on somebody, I'm a, Lord, you said I can't get them back, but if you do it, we'll know it's of you. Amen. Now, God ain't answered that prayer yet, and he probably won't, but I have a good time of venting to the Lord. The Bible said, the psalmist said, I poured out my complaint to the Lord. But back on track, here it is. This crowd is going, and 12,000, my brother, you know what God's doing? He's teaching Israel, whether by few or whether by many, that the battle is the Lord's, and God is able to deliver thee. So, so we come down to our text. I didn't even read what I wrote because I didn't want to spend too much time there. So we come to our text. And Phineas, are you the one? I want to be the one, don't you? So what's, what's so great and significant about this one? First of all, he was different. I mean, he was different than anybody else out there on that battlefield on that day. Man, he, he didn't look, he didn't act, he didn't talk like nobody else did. First of all, he's different because he had some courage. Now, now, do you understand? The Bible said that he had the holy instruments and the trumpets to blow in his hand. He didn't go out there with a sword. He didn't go out there with a shield. There's 12,000 guys that's got swords and shields and spears, but not old Phineas, all he's got a trumpet and all he's got a holy instrument. You know what kind of courage he had? He had courage that he'd get out there and that God would protect him, wouldn't let nobody come up again him, wouldn't let nobody draw a sword on him. I mean, I don't want to go to a sword fight without a sword. Matter of fact, I'm not going to a sword fight with a sword. I'm going to take an AR-15 or an AR-10. Amen. Ain't God fighting. Ain't never been fair anyways. Somebody say man right there. Brother, I tell you, he had some courage. He trusted God. He had some courage that he depended on his other family members in those other tribes to protect him and to have his back. Well, I tell you, Brother, my brother Matthew and I, we've 16, 17 years, God allowed us to work. Boy, we've been in some situations where it took us having to trust each other with our lives at times. And neighbor, I tell you, Lord, you're gonna have to trust other people with your life. Ain't gonna be times you're gonna be like the preacher just said, you ain't gonna be able to see, you ain't gonna be able to pray, ain't gonna get nothing out of reading your Bible, and you're gonna have to lean on your man of God to help you get to that rock that's higher than I. Brother, he had some courage. Amen. 
man, he knew the battle was the Lord's. He had zeal against sin. Uh, uh, five chapters earlier, uh, there's a Midianitish woman and an Israelitish man. Oh, oh Zimri uh, was the Israelitish man. Cosby was the Midianitish woman. They come up in there in the congregation of the nation of Israel and you know what Phineas does? He gets upset at that. He takes a spear and he runs through uh, one of them's stomach and the other's stomach at the same time and he killed them both. Graveyard dead. And brother, he had some, he said, we ain't putting up with that junk. Hey man, he had some courage. Somebody ought to get fired up and get a backbone. You ain't gotta be a jerk. You ain't gotta be cocky. You ain't gotta be proud to stand for what's right. Great God, get some courage. I was the only one. No pats on my back. I, it's the only testimony I know to give tonight. I was the only one in my family. When I got saved and God filled me with the Holy Ghost right at that time. I was the only one. Matthew thought I was crazy. Mama thought I was crazy. Daddy didn't say nothing. Papa scared to death. Mama, she's the only one. She said, you're going you're gonna to be God's man. You're going to be the next Billy Graham. I'm proud of you. Matthew's going to be your song leader. I'm so proud of you, honey. Hey, everybody else scared to death. Hey, Betty, do you know what? By the grace of God, God gave me courage to go home and tell him I got saved. And he gave me courage to surrender to preach. Hey, man, Brother John, I don't have courage. Phineas wasn't some insecure, some kind of body. Neighbor, we got to get over this insecurity junk. Hey, man, just be reminded that we're secure in Christ and do something for the glory of Almighty God tonight. Somebody say amen right there. He had some courage going to have to have a boldness, amen. He was different in the fact that he was called out. Now, I'm not talking about salvation, right? I still believe Jesus died for the sins of the whole world. If you don't believe that, then don't come up to me after the service and tell me you don't believe that. That's it's a Bible, amen. I got to read one verse. He died for everybody. Somebody say amen right there. Right, God, I ain't getting hung up right here, but I feel like I might ought to. If I get liberty, I'll come back, all right? He died for the sins of the whole world. Amen. So we're not talking about salvation. So don't misunderstand me. We're talking about the call to preach, the call to serve. And so you know what God did? He bypassed that whole 12,000. He bypassed those other thousands. I'm sure there's other good young men in that place that day, but oh, he wanted Phineas to have one job and one responsibility. Can I illustrate it like this? I'm not a pastor. I'm not the pastor of the Broad River Baptist Church. We got two pastors sitting up on the platform tonight and one evangelist. I mean, we got the pastor of New Freedom, Broad River, I mean, Matthew, you can't pastor Broad River. Brother David, you can't pastor New Freedom. So therefore, you're the only one that pastors this church. And you're the only one that pastors your church. And right now, I'm the only evangelist standing in this pulpit. Amen. Can't everybody be doing everything at one time? So what are you simply, what are you trying to say? I'm simply trying to say that God has got responsibilities for you. And God has called you out. God is speaking. Are you listening? He wasn't mama called and daddy sent. See, you know, it's daddy Eliezer. He was the priest. And so Eliezer didn't go to Moses and not say, Moses, you, you know, you know, you know, Phineas, he killed them two the other day. Wasn't that tremendous? I'm so proud of my son. Uh, Phineas's mama didn't come up uh, like James and John's mama and say, now, Lord, I want my, this son to sit on one side and this son to sit on the other side. He didn't have an overruly barren mama and an overruly barren daddy that was trying to push their kids and promote their kids into something they weren't supposed to do. Oh, Phineas didn't go up to Moses and say, now, Moses, I've been practicing blowing 
blowing the horns. You want to hear me? I've been practicing with the Holy Spirit. Do you want to see me? Absolutely not. He humbled himself and he stayed put till God called him out. You hearing what I'm saying tonight? You got to learn to stay tied up. I can hear Brother Sammy Allen saying it now. You got to stay tied up until God sins for you. Well, I thought I'd get an amen right there. I need to go back to that one point and stir you all up a little bit more on that. I'm hastening along. He was called out. Brother, I tell you, God's calling men. He was different in the fact that he had courage. He's different in the fact that he's called out. Oh, but, and, and God help me, Jesus. He was different in the fact and what he was carrying. Now, the Bible said he was carrying the holy instruments and the trumpets. Brother, I tell you, he, he had something in his hands that nobody else on that battlefield had that day. And I, I, could, I could educate you just a little bit on these trumpets. Man, those trumpets were used. Amen. For uh, to direct large groups of people. Amen. Do you know Phineas's name? It means a mouth of brass. He was different in what he was carrying. His body was wholly given to God. His mouth and his hands were given to God. And uh, here he is. And those trumpets were used for war, to direct and to warn. Those trumpets were used for times of work, uh, to get one group to do this and another group to do that. Those trumpets were uh, given in a time to work and a time to war, but they were also blown in a time of worship and brother I wonder where the trumpet of worship how come it ain't being blown in our day man I tell you we got a lot of icicles in the pews and polar bears in the pulpit we need the fire of God we need the touch of God we need the zeal of God and somebody needs to blow the trumpet of worship but oh but then we come on down to these holy instruments now I do not know what these holy instruments were And I double dog dare any student in the word of God to go study and tell me what you think you can come up with what these instruments were. Everybody I looked at, they ain't got nothing to say. They guessed that it may have been an ephod. They guessed that it may have been some of the holy vessels out of the tabernacle, out of the temple rather. They just took a stab at it and guessed. So really, we don't know what they were. But there's one attribute, and really it's not an attribute, there's one essence about these instruments that we do know. We do know that whatever it was, it was holy, 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 holy. Now, can I apply it to us today? That what we're carrying, you've got to keep James Bible, it's holy. You got a testimony, it ought to be holy. You boys got a godly mama and a godly daddy. That heritage you got is holy. Amen. You got a good church, it's holy. Amen. And we ought to keep a, what we carry, we ought to carry ourselves. If any ass wasn't ashamed of the trumpets, he wasn't ashamed of the instruments, he wasn't being depressed or discouraged. Well, everybody else has got a sword and a shield. Why do I got to carry this? You know what he did? By the grace of God, he carried what God called him to carry. He carried what God gave him to carry out into that war and we ought to be carrying what God's given us but then lastly on this point of he was different he was different in his clothing now I'm not going to labor the point I, I guess I could I guess I probably ought to should I mean you ought to dress right is that right can we all agree with that man ought to dress like a man woman ought to dress like a woman I mean this transvestite transgender whatever you want to call it generation amen to God I wasn't going to say much about it amen but you ought to dress like a lady and dress like a man and we ought to be able to tell the difference from you from a distance from afar 
start off. Uh, but I'm not going to labor that tonight. Uh, Brother Glenn, he was different than his clothing. He didn't have a, he didn't have a warrior suit on. He didn't have a shield on. You know what he looked like? He probably looked like a priest walking out across that battlefield that day. Amen. That probably had an ephod on, had the priestly garments on. Amen. He wasn't dressed necessarily to go to war. Oh, but his war wasn't a physical war on his part. His war was spiritual warfare. Here's a man that knew something about the blood. Here's a man that knew something about the, about the brazen altar. Here's a man that knew something about that about that uh, uh, the temple or the tabernacle rather. He knew something about the presence of God. Amen. And here he is. He said, fellas, I didn't come out here necessarily to fight. I've been on my knees. I've been with God. And the battle's won on our knees anyways. Could you say amen right there? And brother, we are different by our clothing. May I use the spiritual application? We're different because we're clothed in the righteousness of Christ. You better thank God we're clothed in his righteousness. You better thank God when he sees us, he sees the blood of the Lamb. You better thank God. I tell you what, you, you ever want to get your feelings hurt real good? Here's what you need to do. You need to go to God, get on your knees where there ain't nobody looking, nobody watching, and confess everything you know you're guilty of. Go ahead and confess the lust of flesh, lust of eyes, and the pride of life. Go ahead and be honest and get that jealousy and envy out of our hearts. Go ahead and be honest and get the pride, the arrogance, and the cockiness out of our hearts. Go ahead and let's be honest and get the bitterness and the junk and when you get done confessing everything you know you think you could have then just stop and say now Lord as sincere and earnest as I know how would you please now you better be careful if you don't want to get your feelings hurt then don't pray this prayer Lord as sincere and earnest as I know how would you let me look through your eyes and see me today brother I tell you God's going to let you see the junk that's hindering us from having revival that's hindering us from being the one and neighbor we better thank God when he sees us, he sees the blood of his son. If that wasn't the case, we'd still be on our way to hell without God. Amen. Oh, but then what about the clothing of spirituality? Amen. Like Elisha, when he took off his own mantle and put on Elijah's. I tell you, the best thing he ever did do was take off the old coat and put on the new. We have got to be clothed in the power of God. I make no claims, Brother Glenn, of being a spirit-filled preacher. I know I need to be. I know I'm supposed to be. I desire to be. Somebody asked me one time, said, Brother John, are you spirit-filled? And I just went ahead and got honest, and I said, no, I'm not. And they said, why, you preach on being spirit-filled a lot. I said, I do. And then why, when I asked you if you're spirit-filled, would you just go ahead and say no? And I said, well, if I was spirit-filled, you wouldn't have to ask me if I was. It'd be obvious. Yes, Neighbor, he was different in his clothing. Number two tonight, and I'm, I hasten along. Number two tonight, he was different in the fact that he knew how to deal with death. <laughs> he knew how to handle it. I mean, you need to realize tonight that this, this 40-year trip through the wilderness wasn't nothing but one large funeral possession, one death after another death, one grave after another grave. But there are several deaths that uh, he has had to deal with. I mean, the names of the two he killed, uh, both of them are called. Sometimes God don't even call the names, but you got Zemri and Cosby. Zemri, the Israelite man, Cosby, the Midianitish woman. And both of them had dads that were very important. Both of them had dads that were princes in their house. Uh, one of them, a prince of the house of the Midianites, a prince in the house of the Israelites. And so, you know, uh, Phinehas wasn't worried about being politically correct. He didn't care who their daddy was. 
They wasn't right with God. So he dealt with that. I mean, he dealt with Zimri. That brother, do you know what his name means? Zimri's name means my music. Do you know what Cosby the lady's name meant? It meant my life. So you know what Ophiniaz does? He takes Zimri's music. He just don't push the pause button, brother David. He hits the eject button while they're doing about 100 miles down the road, takes the CD out and throws it out the window, broke it. I'm not listening to your song anymore, Zimri. Oh, but then we've got Cosby. My lie. You know what he said? I ain't listening to your lies anymore. Hey, the devil will paint a pretty picture and tell you all kinds of lies. This world will paint a pretty picture and tell you all kinds of lies. And what Cosby was saying, it's okay to fornicate. It's okay to look at pornography. It's okay, but she was a liar. That neighbor, it ain't never gonna be right. Sin will take you further. It'll cost you more. It'll keep you longer. Don't you listen to the lies of this world, the flesh, and the devil. Phineas says, we want the truth and nothing but the truth. That's what we want. Hey, Phineas, hey, I ain't listening to your lies no more. You ain't leading me on anymore. You're not seducing this nation anymore. Hey, he dealt with the death of the music, death of the lies. But then we move right on. He dealt with the death of the Midianites. Chapter 31, verse number 8, he actually got to deal with the death of Balaam. Balaam was the root of every one of this. Now, for years, man, I looked and I said, now, Lord, they tell me that Balaam caused a stumbling block. And I, I sit there and I said, Lord, I just can't get this. I read the story of Balaam in the Old Testament. I said, well, Lord, I'm looking at his prophecies. And the Lord, they sound really good. Matter of fact, that's where we got that prophecy about the star of Bethlehem. And boy, I said, Lord, where in the world is it? Then finally, the Lord spoke to me and said, why don't you just look up every reference in the Bible about Balaam? So I did, and I immediately, I was taking to the book of Revelation where Balaam, when he wasn't preaching, uh, where Balaam, see, see, Balak sent word to Balaam, said, I need you to come curse this crowd. And you know what Balaam sent word back? He said, though he give me his house full of gold and silver. You know what Balaam did right there? He named his price and said, that's what I'll do it for. Amen, that's sublineal message back to Balak. But you know what happened? God wouldn't let him do it. But behind the scenes, oh, Balaam said, you get that crowd to fornicating, you get that crowd to worshiping false gods, you have them right where you want them and so they took the advice of that wicked false prophet even though he prophesied some truth a man by the name of Balaam and got the whole nation in trouble and people were killed and they died under the judging hand of God but now old Phineas says hey Balaam we ain't listening to you no more you better thank God we don't live in the Old Testament dispensation do you know how many pastors would get up in their congregation every Sunday morning <laughs> with an AR-15? <laughs> you ain't gonna live right with God, I'm gonna shoot your hide. Well, don't get nervous. I ain't gonna go postal on you and shoot all of you. That was a joke. Now, bless God, you get me to laugh, have to do my own amen and then laughing at my own jokes, I'm gonna preach all night long. Thank you for laughing. God bless you. Amen. A little congregational participation will be greatly appreciated. Amen. So he, he had to, but then, boy, he had to deal with the death of Moses. You know what, Phineas wasn't one of these, well, if Moses dies, maybe I'll take his place. Phineas wasn't over in a corner. Well, I remember with young preachers, we used to get excited when the preacher would get sick and couldn't come to church because one of us is going to get to preach. Now, we didn't pray he'd get sick, but we got excited when he was sick. And those of us that got excited, we never got to preach when he wasn't there. Amen. 
he, he let us preach when he was there so he could keep short reins on us. <laughs> and if I'd have been him, I'd have done the same thing, praise God. But here's Phineas' attitude. Moses, I know you're getting old. I, I know God just spoke to you about going uh, to be gathered unto your people. So you know what I'm gonna do? Here's Phineas. I'm gonna help you execute everything God wants you to execute before God takes you on. Brother, I tell you, we still got older men of God that need us to hold their hands and hold them high and help them all the way to the grave. Not put them in it, but help them and be a blessing. That was Phineas's motive. He was in chapter 31, verse 10. I'm not going to labor on this. And they burned all their cities wherein they dwelt and all their goodly castles. Phineas had a part in tearing down the devil's strongholds. You study that out and build your message on it. Study Phineas's name. Brother David, this positive Phineas, study it out. I think you'll come to the same conclusion I did. There's not one negative thing said about him in all the word of God. Are you the one that's going to be different? Are you the one that's going to handle death? Are you the one that's going to help tear down the devil's strongholds? Or are you going to be the one that's going to be dedicated? You can do like the preacher said a minute ago. We can hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. He finished his course. I don't want to be a quitter, do you? I got four, I got my four nephews in the building today. And look, God's will, if I go to heaven before they do, I hope they can all stand around my casket and say, Uncle John stayed true. I hope they can stand around their mom and daddy's casket and say, Mom and daddy stayed right with God. Brother David, that little boy, I know it's aggravating. Stick a stinking BB up your what in the world was he wasn't thinking? How was he two, three? At least it wasn't a firecracker with a lighter in a hand. We all have, God forbid, God forbid that they have to one day say, Well, I remember my daddy used to preach, my mama used to sing, my crowd used to walk with God. You got that sweet, precious baby sitting in your lap, sister. That baby needs a spirit-filled mama and daddy, brother. And when they, that baby, you change their diaper. And if you raise them right, you change their diapers when they're babies, they'll change your diapers when you're old. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Well, I don't know if that was a joke or not, but bless the Lord, laugh, okay? tried to train my children, don't stick me in no retirement home. They probably will, but that's fine. If they do, they're out of the will. They're getting a penny of my money. <laughs> yeah. But be dedicated. When that baby's oldest, I had a mom and daddy that took me to the Broad River Baptist Church. My pastor was Brother David Anderson. Can you, I close with this. Can you believe this? I was preaching down in South Mississippi three or four weeks ago. I leave South Mississippi. I go to Fallen Waters, West Virginia. They put me in a hotel in some town in Maryland, which wasn't five or six miles down the road, right? So I'm there in Maryland. I never. Friday night comes. The last amen said, I'm changing my wet clothes. I don't care if I'm 10 hours from the house. I'm hitting the road to get home, especially if mom ain't with me. Boogity, 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 boys. That particular Friday night, I decided I was going to spend the night and leave out Saturday morning. 
And even when I do that, I never sleep late on Saturday morning. I get up as early as I can and get home. I'm ready to be home. Well, that particular morning, I'm not going to lie to you, I slept in. I took my time getting up. I got up, got showered, got my car packed, went back up to the room and checking things out, make sure I got everything. It's about 10 o'clock Saturday morning. And I get on the, I get on the elevator and I'm on the phone with my son, JP. And this old boy hears me talk. I, he said, so you ain't from around here neither, are you? I said, no, I'm not. And I asked him, I said, where are you from? He said, I'll weep in South Mississippi. I said, really? I'm not making this up. This really happened. I said, well, that's amazing. I just preached down South Mississippi. His girlfriend or wife or whatever she was looked at me and said, uh, well, I was, uh, she said, where are I? I said, Poplarville. She said, really? I said, yeah, North Spoon Baptist Church pastor, Billy Ray Bond. She looked at me. She said, that's where I went to church when I was a little girl. What's the chances of that? And God, she said, he is God's man. And I could tell by the way they looked, they wasn't living right. And I said, next time you get to South Mississippi, you look that church up, that pastor, I promise you still prays for you every day. And I called him and he said, yes, I do, Brother John. His testimony in South Mississippi got to be reminded to a young girl in Maryland by the providential hand of God. And I watched God deal with both their hearts. Now, if that preacher would have run off with a woman years ago and that lady looked at me and said, well, yeah, here's a, here's a pervert. No. She had to say, yeah, he's a man of God. I'm, it pays to be different. Are you going to be the one? Thank you, Pastor. 